Welcome. This is David Barris, President of the American Association of Bank Directors. Today, we welcome Ken Thomas as our guest for Calling All Bank Directors to discuss fair lending during this new civil rights movement. Ken is a leading expert and author on the Community Reinvestment Act. He was a member of the Finance Department faculty at Wharton School for 42 years, where he taught banking and monetary economics. He's been a member of the Board of Directors of a Community Bank in New York for 20 years and serves as the chair of its nominating and corporate governance committee. He's the founder of Community Development Fund Advisors, the registered investment advisor to the Community Development Fund, which is a market rate bond fund that invests in high credit quality fixed income securities whose proceeds are designed to positively impact community development throughout the United States. The Community Development Fund is only available to banks and thrifts to help them meet the requirements of the Community Reinvestment Act. All right, let's call Ken. Welcome, Ken, to the Calling All Bank Directors podcast. Thank you. Our focus today is on fair lending and what may have changed since the new uh, civil rights movement this year. So, Ken, let's start off with uh, a question, a uh, general question, and I know you were a bank director as well as a, a, a scholar in this area, but what uh, what are the board's, bank board's main responsibilities for fair lending? Well, first of all, again, thank you for having me, David. Being a director myself for 20 years, I can tell you that probably one of the most important responsibilities I have is in addition to all the safety and soundness responsibilities is the the compliance responsibility, which is not just fair lending, but also CRA, Community Reinvestment Act. And probably we've not had a situation like this, uh, I would say, since the Rodney King case back in the early 90s, where fair lending issues are all of a sudden becoming, you know, front burner type of issues compared to um, just another issue in compliance. And so I think now it's always a good idea to remind everyone of what our responsibilities are, not just in what I call fair lending, but overall fair banking, which is much broader than fair lending. Well, um, I think you can address the specific responsibilities later as we talk about the uh, changes that might be happening. So can you uh, provide a, an example of of a situation where a board's responsibilities would kick in. Absolutely. The best way to give an example is to look at an actual case. Uh, this is the case of Hudson City Savings Bank, which was a multi-billion dollar, uh, pretty well-run institution up in North Jersey until they had a, quote, run-of-the-mill fair lending exam by the FDIC. And the FDIC examiner in charge found certain things that he was uncomfortable with. Oftentimes, when there are issues like that, the examiner will have the bank fix them, and that'll be the end of it. But in this case, he found several things, and he referred the case to the Department of Justice, and it ultimately became a very uh, serious case, and the institution is no longer around. But I had the opportunity later 
uh, during a conference I was given to discuss this with the actual examiner from the FDIC who made the referral. And I said, you know, why didn't you give them a break and let them fix certain things? And his answer, he looked at me and he said, Ken, they just didn't get it. Referring, and that's kind of code word for the board didn't get it. The board did not understand fair lending or CRA, but especially fair lending. And there was no way that even if they were able to fix a few things, that things could be better. And so that's why it's important that every board gets it in terms of not just CRA, but fair lending. They're familiar with what the law stands for, what it is, and what our bank's responsibilities are, and more broadly, how we continually help the community, not just in fair lending per se, but fair banking overall. Ken, uh, what do you see as the main fair lending risk today in light of the current national debate? Everything will probably be much the same, except I think we're going to see a much a greater uh, attention to fair lending exams and possibly more enforcement actions. Why do I say that? Back in the early uh, 1990s, you remember we had the uh, famous Rodney King case. That actually happened um, in March of 91. Nothing really happened between then and uh, April of 92 when the four officers were acquitted. And that's when the riots began, the LA riots. Uh, very serious riots. Um, ultimately, the police commissioner, you recall, resigned and all that. But if you look at, and in my book, the CRA handbook, I actually went year by year, there were very few referrals to the Department of Justice for discrimination or redlining by any of the regulators uh, in 1991, 92, 93. But starting in 93, and especially in 94, because these things take a year or two to really uh, bubble up to a point of a uh, referral. And then we had the famous Chevy Chase case, many other cases uh, during that period. So that was pretty much a response to an event that got the mind, the attention of all of the regulators. And one way they responded that we know was a significant increase in the number of DOJ referrals. And that, of course, led to a lot of very serious uh, and very expensive cases for banks being charged with redlining and discrimination. Ken, what, what do you recommend that a bank board do in, in this regard? We've seen what the real big banks have done. I mean, uh, Bank of America and Chase, they are donating upwards uh, to a, a billion dollars toward uh, civil rights. And, of course, I... I think that's wonderful, but, you know, my bank's roughly a billion-dollar bank, so we could never do that. But what we will do and what most community banks will do will continue to practice fair lending as we've done it, more broadly, fair banking, treating everyone equally all the time. And this goes broadly into three areas. Of course, our lending, our investments, and our services. And specifically in the case of investments, Traditionally, most banks will be making what we call CRA investments. These are government-guaranteed, for the most part, types of Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, MBS, mortgage bank securities, in low- and moderate-income areas to low- and moderate-income borrowers. We're seeing now a very much increased interest 
that these loans also be made to majority-minority census tracts. Although not required by CRA, we see a lot of banks having an interest in doing this, community banks. So they are going to their CFO and their CEO, and they're saying, well, what are we doing about the new civil rights movement? You know, we can't give these types of donations that Bank of America and Chase gives, but we can do something. And, of course, continuing fair banking, we're going to do. And then one thing a lot of banks are doing are these investments, not just in low and moderate income areas to low and moderate income borrowers, but also to majority minority census tracts. So we know we're doing our part to help affordable housing in these communities. And without a doubt, probably the most important need in most low and moderate income communities around the country, whether we're talking about Miami, LA, San Francisco, or New York, is affordable housing, clean, safe, sound, affordable housing. And this is really lacking in most of our big cities. And a way to increase the flow of those funds for those activities is to invest in these mortgage-backed securities to allow the banks that make those loans to make even more and provide more credit. But instead of just targeting low and moderate income borrowers, also targeting census tracts that are majority-minority. So we know we're doing our part the best that we can. Is there a specific advice you can give about the fair lending itself, the the um compliance with that and the changing views of the agencies uh, about what it really means and how to go about doing it right? Well, I always explain to people, um, and again, it's it's in my CRA handbook, that fair lending is, is exactly that. It's not about making a bad loan or an unsafe or unsound loan. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a banker saying no on a loan if you're not likely to get paid back. You know, a properly documented denied loan is not unfair lending. What fair lending is, it gives everyone a fair chance, that is an equal opportunity, to be approved or denied. It's not unsafe or unsound lending. And most banks, almost all banks practice it. But we are now going to see, I think, a lot more attention by the regulators. And what that means is we have to be particularly concerned about making sure all of our fair lending, fair banking procedures are in place. And we learned from a case in Connecticut recently, uh, Liberty Bank, and you can Google this and see what happened there. It was not even the government that was involved. There was a local community group, actually the Connecticut Fair Housing Center. They sent testers into the bank, testers being a a white couple, and then later on an African-American couple or uh, a Latin a couple to go in with the same type of FICO scores, same background, looking for the same type of loan, and getting very disparate responses. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of these responses were very, very bad in terms of how they responded to the minority applicants compared to the white applicants. This was used as part of the basis for a lawsuit. They ended up with a $16 million settlement uh, after legal fees probably cost that bank, and this is a $5 billion bank, a big one, but not a huge one, probably cost them around $20 million to resolve those discrimination, those redlining claims. They never came from the government at all. 
not Department of Justice, no regulator, no CFPB. It came from community groups. So you never know when a bank branch is going to be tested by these so-called testers. So the, the best advice is to always be prepared, always remind all of our people, especially those with frontline contact with customers, to always, always practice fair banking. And then that's going to hopefully eliminate most of these problems. Well, Ken, Wano, thank you again for joining us today. This is very important information for our members. So thank you again. Thank you for having me. And again, these are exactly the same things I'm uh, telling my own board at my bank in New York. And uh, again, it is one of those things that we do automatically, but it never hurts to be reminded again and again of, of doing this because most community banks, almost all of them I know of, do a very good job in serving their community. But this movement now, as you mentioned, the new civil rights movement, this is more important than ever that we are very, very careful to do everything in terms of fair lending, fair banking that we've been normally doing, but maybe extra specially do it so that there are no problems for our bank.